You are listening to the Noisy Narratives podcast, a podcast produced by the Women of First Ministries at Frisco First Baptist Church in Frisco, Texas. Here at Noisy Narratives, we like to cut through the noise of our stories and get to the heart of what really matters. We hope you are blessed by what we share. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't it amazing? Welcome to Noisy Narratives. Um, this is Debbie Vallejo, and I'm here along with Christy today and a special guest. Um, so I'm yes. changing out my bedspreads this morning. <gasps> oh, you're yes. Oh my goodness. I do every. I do. I have five different bedspreads. That's a wow. fun fact you did not know about me. That I is love, so interesting. Uh-huh, I love it. I hate this thing. I know Angela's looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> So we're on that, like, we've learned something new about Christy. So now Christy can introduce our guest because we're going to go with that tidbit that now we know that Christy changes out her bedspreads. Like, people change out their themes in their homes for the It's cheaper than, like, painting a room or redoing. And I walk into my room and I want, like, every couple months to be like, So do you store the bedspread and then you know that you pull it back, it's like a new one again because you've stored it for Mm -hmm. X number of months. And like, oh, my room feels new. The one I use at Christmas time is the one that we got when Greg and I got married. Okay. But I still have. Yeah. And so I put that on at Christmas time. And I do a spring one and a summer one. But today I pulled out the spring one and I was like, mm, I think I need a new spring one, which I haven't bought as bedspread in years. I was just saying, I think my time is due. But anyway. I think you need another one. Fun so, fact. Well, some people do change out their decorations all the time. All so the time. Just you're changing out your bedspread. Uh-huh. There you go. I know. It's so happy. That's it's awesome. So fun. Anyway, <laughs> bedspread and spread. We have a fun birthday here. Angela Carpenter's with us today, and she's turning 40. I hope I didn't, you don't mind me telling people you're 40. Nope. That's fun. Angela and I led a group of girls in blue together. Um, Angela's husband and I actually coached together way back in the day, volleyball, which is super fun. And then Avery Grace and Gentry were on soccer soccer team, indoor soccer. That's right, indoor soccer. Together. Ari Grace is Angela's daughter, just so we know. She's, she's a third same. grade. She's third, she's grade. third grade. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Gentry's second, but they yes. still had fun. Yeah. They do a lot of life. But Angela's here to tell us about her story. And if you don't know, well, I'm just going to let Angela. Angela's got a great story and a great personality and a great sense of humor. So let's just enjoy Angela telling us her story. Angela, what, um, how's a good way to start this? When you, you have a brother. Yes. How old is your brother? Or how, what's the age difference between you two? Three years. Oh, okay. Are you older than he is? No, I'm the baby. Okay. So uh, my sister is in between us. Okay. My Ooh, mom those had are kids close. Really close. Yeah. That I don't really know how close. she did that. That's like me and my top three. I get it. So, Angela, you have a disease. I do. What's the name of the disease? <laughs> Cystic fibrosis. And explain what that is. She's um, like, how do I give you the short form? Well, I think the easiest way it is to understand is um, my cells um, don't, in my lungs, they, it's like a salt absorption problem, I guess okay. you could think of mm-hmm. it as. So my lungs, it can't clear the salt out basically so it gets real sticky and so I have to cough all the time and do treatments to keep it clear and 
um, you know, as we get older, we lose lung capacity. And um, But what's interesting is my lungs, uh, it's almost like they have too much salt, so that's really mucusy. But if I go sweat a lot, you can see the salt on my skin. Really? Yeah. That's oh. how, when I was a little baby, I was fa- failure to thrive. I was going to say, this is something you're born with. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... The doctor diagnosed me by licking my arm. Okay, so we have a friend who has cystic fibrosis also. And so when Creighton was born, he was born like super bald. And my who, my neighbor, who's a nurse, was like, lick his skin. And I was like, why am I licking Creighton's skin? <laughs> she was like, I think he might have CF. And I was like, why would you think that? She was like, because of his head and his eyes. And I would lick his skin. She was like, lick his skin every day for a week. And I was like, Cindy, I, nothing. And she was like, okay, well, that's how you would know. Isn't that interesting? So you would know because mm-hmm. you would taste the salt. Taste the salt. And I was like, I'll taste it. She was like, I have fine. never heard that uh-huh. before. You can even see it sometime. Wow. Like it would granulate on your skin after it dries. You can yes. see it sticking there. Wow. Yes. So then tell us, how is it be? So you're born. How? What is life like growing up with CF? Are you able to, you said you were not able to thrive? What a failure to. I w- when I was a baby. Yeah. Yes. Because you know, you got diagnosed with CF when? I think I was six months old. Um, So my brother's three years older, and he was diagnosed actually right after I was, Mm -hmm. um, because they, of course, tested my brother, Jake, and my sister, Allison, and Allison did not have it, and Jake did. Um, So cystic fibrosis in boys is different than it is in girls, obviously, Mm -hmm. but Typically, the boys get sicker earlier on, and the girls get sicker later on. So, growing up, my parents put us in gymnastics. It was year-round. It's good for your lungs, good exercise. So, I was in gymnastics through to high school. My brother actually went to um, OU on a scholarship with gymnastics. Oh, wow. The... But it kept it kept us very healthy. Mm-hmm. So we would, and we still do, or I still do, I guess. Um, we do like aerosol treatments two, three times a day. Have Is that lots a breathing of treatment? Yes. Okay. So, or like I have a rescue inhaler if I need to do it while I'm at mm-hmm. church, or I actually have a portable um, machine. But, and then I take lots and lots of, medicine so you you're a gymnast well i was you were can you still do gymnastics i can do some of it i i can't i still can't touch my toes i've never been able to touch my toes Gymnasts can touch their toes Mm. but you can do a cartwheel a round off but you can't do a yeah back handspring i can do a back handspring on a trampoline wait did you hurt yourself on the trampoline no that was landon didn't landon hurt himself on the trampoline doing a i don't know did he wasn't he walking around in a boot? Are you? Oh, he was walking around yes. on a boot. Yes, and he said, I did what something did on do? the trampoline. And he I was like, I'm old. Remember. I know it was one time. I don't know. Squirrel. I don't remember. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yes, I do. He did. I think he fell off the trampoline on the side or like oh, through Oh, well, that's the... not very athletic. I don't know. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> but you can't touch your toes well, yeah. very well. And But you're... But I... But it kept you healthy to keep your lungs healthy yes, is the purpose it kept, behind it kept the gymnastics. Both me and my brother, very healthy. I um, I was really flexible and I did well. But the 
what it's done to my body has kind of not been good. So I didn't want Avery to go any further than oh, okay. for gymnastics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. So I put her in when she was little, like the Mama and Me classes, yes. and then we went and she. I think she stopped when she was in first grade. I didn't want her to go to team and start competing and whatnot because mm-hmm. my back and my legs and my hips are so messed up that I just I don't want her to have to deal with that yeah. her whole life. That makes sense. So, so when you when you got a diagnosis, what did the doctor tell your mom? Um, like, oh, they're going just FYI, life expectancy is this. This is what your life looks like. You have lots of medicine coming your way. Well. The doctor actually said, you're not going to raise this baby. To you or to your brother? To me. Okay. Um, so I was, I, I mean, I was really sick when I was young. And they actually, they figured out that I wasn't, um, I wasn't absorbing potassium well. So like, I mean, I couldn't gain weight or anything. My brother had just had some sinus issues and he was okay, but... <clears throat> I think that they probably prepared her as in you're going to do breathing treatments your whole life or their whole lives. Um, most likely they'll need a lung transplant. They, I think that when we were born, the life expectancy was 16. Yeah, I, I think I was going to ask that yeah. because back when you guys were born, I mean, it was... It was a dissonance. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, is what I was kind of reading when I was preparing for this a little bit. So then you're, you guys end up kind of on the forefront of medical very, very much changes so. in the area. So your parents have to prepare themselves then, too. They're also, in order to keep you alive, they're doing a lot of new yes. treatments yes. that they're hoping works, but they don't know if it's going to work. What, have your parents ever talked to you about what that was like for them? To have to kind of every be constantly researching and learning and well, pushing and I have so I started seeing a pulmonologist, a pediatric pulmonologist, when I was young, like really little, like three or so, and um, I still go see them to this day. Um, so they, I mean, they basically raised me, but they're pulmonologists. It wasn't a cystic fibrosis like team. There's I think there's two in Dallas, but one of them is in, up in Dallas at Children's, and it's like a CF clinic. And we never went there. We just went to my pulmonologist, and they were very much on the front line mm-hmm. of medications and were always going to, like, the CF conferences and whatnot. Um, I remember it was right after college. Some new drug was coming out, and my doctor was like, "I will. we need to send you Canada or send you overseas to get it like and see if it'll work because I think that they had just known that the um, the trials and whatnot had gone well and I've done trials mm-hmm. well my brother has done some trials I don't think I have well did you go to Canada get that drug no, or wherever? no, no. Oh. that's actually the drug I started a year ago what no when I got pregnant with Avery Oh, and then that one worked really well for a yes. while. So I was down to about, probably about 50% lung capacity. Um, I got married, and we we couldn't get pregnant. Wait, let's go back to and, get married. You can't just brush over that. Oh, so you're dating guys. I'm dating guys. <laughs> yeah, and then you find someone. So many. <laughs> but then how do you have that conversation with someone like, yeah. 
hey, this I've is got, my life. Yes, like that's a hard conversation to have. How do you, how do you do that? Well, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think that the. I mean, what? I dated two guys in high school. I don't think they had a clue what cystic fibrosis was. Probably and true. Honestly, my life, I, you know, I would do my treatments in the morning and at night, and I was pretty much normal. Mm-hmm. I didn't cough a ton. I took medicine at lunch. Um, but I, honestly, I don't think that it really. You didn't stand out in the crowd at all. No. Okay. No. Um, same in college. Let's see, I dated one boy in college that already knew I had cystic fibrosis because he knew my brother. Um, and then the other boy I dated, I don't even remember how he found out. We were friends for a really long time, so I don't. Hmm. And I don't where know. did you go to college? Texas A&M. Oh, I forgot that. I was like, <laughs> I knew. <laughs> I totally knew that. I was, I was like, you like, have a little I ring shot. I totally I knew that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. But I knew that. I don't know why. That's Sorry. Where you Landon met. would absolutely yeah. like spot, smack me over oh. the head. But yeah. Where'd y'all meet? Well, Landon went to A&M. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually met. It was a, It's a crazy story, actually. Um, we met actually at a little m- Memorial Day party. And we had known about each other, I guess. So it was one of those, you're Landon, you're Angela. Oh. Yeah. Because you had like mutual friends and all that kind of stuff. We actually had mutual students. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was my first year to teach. And he was working at Park City's Baptist as a I don't know what you would call it. He was he was working in the youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had, and he was coaching club volleyball. Mm-hmm. So what happened in that specific class, the boys had a Bible study leader. Um, and the girls, of course, had a gymnastics, I mean, <laughs> gymnastics, um, volleyball coach, right? Mm-hmm. And... You know, you, you start teaching and you're single and you're young and everybody wants to set you up with mm-hmm. their brother, their cousin, their whoever. Mm-hmm. Well, so it was somewhat of an argument in the class. Is this your class? It was my math. Yeah, it was my very okay. first class, math class, algebra. And I have no classroom skills. I mean, I put them, you can sit wherever you want. I don't care. <laughs> Are you high school? I was high school. Yeah. <laughs> Like, who, what is that going to matter? Mm-hmm. Um, the boys kept telling me, I want, you need to meet our, our Sunday school teacher, our Bible study leader, blah, blah, blah. The girls were actually saying I needed to meet their volleyball coach. And one of the girls in my class had broken, I think she broke a foot, but she was in an accident with her volleyball coach. Mm-hmm. And um, so basically, it, it was a big argument of, I want you to meet my Bible study leader. I want you to meet my volleyball coach. Then they figured out it was the same person. Yeah. So, <laughs> so cool. That is great. So they kept trying to get me to like call. Here's his phone number, blah, blah, blah. Were you old and school? I'm, I'm like, I don't call boys. Oh, very old Yeah, school. I could tell. <laughs> yeah. Well, so then, crazy he, I had gone to Park City's Baptist for years, and um, 
I honestly, I didn't ever go to the singles group. I went more to just the Sunday school classes because they were studying something I wanted to study. That's one thing that's interesting about you and that I appreciate is Angela loves to study the Bible. I do. I mean, she, when we did sixth grade, even now her and I'll go to lunch and we have great conversations kind of about eschatology, end times, Daniel, all that. But she is filled with knowledge. She, well, your brain does not stop, girl. I wish. It's amazing. <laughs> I wish. I'm amazed. Um, okay, so I had gone to a sermon, and the sermon, it, I was second hour, and the preacher, who was my old youth minister, talked about a boy who had, was in an accident, and, you know, he had had some surgery, and then... He he kind of relapsed in a way and then had to be on a lot of IV antibiotics and stuff like that. Well, he was very, very discouraged. And the preacher talked about it and said, like, you know, he's really struggling with this. Everyone probably struggles with the same thing a lot, whether it's the circumstances are not the same. But um because he did the sermon on Romans 8, 28. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I went up to him after and I was like, I know who you're talking about. And you need to tell him that he's a huge encouragement to the kids that he teaches and he coaches. Like they talk about him. They recognize that his love for the Lord. So and actually he didn't even talk to him about it until probably three months later which was weird because in the next week I had gone to some random Memorial Day party with a girl from elementary school mm-hmm. and he showed up and and you met there we met there oh yeah and then he how long were did you know each other before y'all started dating oh a week <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> That's I long. it's pretty fast but what's crazy is I had, of course, heard about this boy, and yeah. he was on IVs, and he was in this accident and whatnot. And I remember my dad used to take me snow skiing at um, spring break for years, and probably three or four years, just my, me and my daddy went. And I remember on the ski lift, I, you know, we were talking about boys, and I was like, he seems like the kind of guy that I need to marry. Aww. And he was very cute. So, <laughs> and then how many, how long did you, you guys date before you got engaged? Six months. Six months. And then you Ish. were engaged for six months. And then, okay. So then you were married mm-hmm. and you're living here in Dallas. I know. You know, you That's know. Awesome. You, yeah. And you're older too. Like, you're not, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I mean, That's we, okay. yes, I know. I'm very old school. I was not one to. I guess. Yeah, we're going to go with this, Angela. We're going to go with, we're going to go with it. Well, because what's interesting is a lot of my students were like, "Why haven't you moved in with him? Why right. haven't you moved?" And like, yeah. you're in ninth grade. Like, why would you even think that? Yeah. And so it was a big surprise to them that we weren't living together. Mm-hmm. We weren't sleeping together. And so we actually had both waited. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really special. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And so how did you, did he know you had CF before y'all started dating? I don't know. Did you tell him? I honestly don't remember that. I think, I'm assuming that he probably did know, 
because either the boys were telling them from the school class or the girls were telling them because they knew I was sick. You know, I would come to school sometimes with an IV in my arm mm. and they knew what yeah. was going on that I was sick or I, I remember that year I missed like a full week and the parents were really upset and, but so they knew. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was I'm pretty sure he already knew, but what was weird is at that party, I have a Metaport. Um, it's like at my left collarbone. So it, it looks kind of like a little stack of quarters. And that's where my IV goes. <clears throat> a lot of times cancer patients will get them put in mm-hmm. and take them out. So they're not being stuck all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, I would go on, you know, three weeks, four weeks of antibiotics. And so I would have my IV in my arm. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we saw, he had seen that at the party. It was this one party and he knew what it was. And, you know, I hadn't really known any boy that knew what a pick line was and a midline was and all this stuff. <laughs> and so I, I just kind of, I mean, God made us for each other. Oh, so that's very sweet. It's very well said. So people with CF, is it is that a normal thing to have a hard time getting pregnant? Yes. Okay. So it's just by the grace of God that you had to. Well, Yes. They had given us like a 4% chance to get pregnant on our own. Um, And at that point, I was, you know, I was about 100 pounds. I had 50% lung capacity. I was sick. But, okay, so the new healthy weight for you, when you say, sorry, you say that, when you say 100 pounds, what's your healthy weight? Okay. I think they would rather me at 130, but. That's hard. I try. Yeah. Cystic fibrosis patients have a really hard time gaining weight because, uh, it's you can't absorb fat. The I was going to say way. it's part of the absorption right. issue, right? Just right. like the salt and um, lots of whole milk. Y- yes, she used mm. to walk around with chocolate milk. I do. On yeah. Sunday I, mornings. I yeah. still do. Good for you. <laughs> I know. I love it. Um, well, I had started a new drug was coming out that was a big breakthrough, and my brother actually was going to trial it, and he only trialed it for two weeks because the FDA approved it like really fast. So I started in February, like 20th or something. And by March that year, mid-March, I had bumped my lung capacity up to 75. Wow. And we got pregnant easy after that. So So that's with Avery. Now, how is pregnancy? Because I think sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not even just about the fact that it's hard to get pregnant. It's about the fact the pregnancy itself really wears on your body. So how is that? So... Normally, and how I understand it, um, is that most women lose part of their lung capacity, of course, when the baby grows. Yeah. Um, so that was something that was concerning. Mm. And this is totally God. Avery actually sat breech the entire time. So she was, we had scheduled actually a, a cesarean because I was scared about breathing through labor sure so we just went ahead and we're just going to schedule this and Avery ended up being breached anyway but she kind of hung on me like a little koala so I wasn't very big I didn't lose any lung capacity wow it was crazy 
Mm-hmm. So explain that real fast. So when she's breached, for people that don't know, like our young so, audience from Blue that may not know what that means. <laughs> breached means the baby's head is up and their feet are down. and Which is not correct. Usually the baby's right. head is down and the feet are up. Yes. Okay. So in order to be born, they want to come out head first so the baby you turn themselves turn. usually yes. during pregnancy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was supposed to do certain things, but... It was, she was fine. Yeah. Um, I didn't get that big. I was, it was fine. Did you grow up in a Christian home? Yes. So this whole process, are your mom and dad like praying over you? What's the, what's, what's encouragement coming from them? Every day's a blessing. Every day is a blessing. The, was this if I broke it? So boys, Okay, we're just going to go there. Boys are missing what's called a vast deference. And for the younger kids that don't know, a, like, a guy has to have that to have a baby. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that, and I'm not young. Oh, um, yes, you do. Cause when but you're using a boy, word I've never heard. When a, when a guy gets, you know, yeah. cut or whatever, to not have babies anymore, that's what they're doing. Oh, a vasectomy. Piece. You can say that word. Okay. Yes, yes. a vasectomy. Okay. They're cutting the vasectomy. What word did deferens. you just say? The vasectomy. That's, That's what they're cutting. Very medical. I did not know that. Right. Okay. Um, they're cutting that, that. Sometimes they grow back, right? Mm-hmm. Which okay. is when you have your accidents. There you go. Um, <laughs> or unplanned, but still go. blessings. Right. <laughs> unplanned so blessings. boys don't have that part. Okay. When you have CF. Boy, yes. Okay. And girls, my... so interesting. Well... Okay, girls, keep on going. Uh, my eggs, basically, were thicker, I guess mm-hmm. is a good way so to say So it's harder it. for them to be fertilized. Yes. By sperm when the exterior yes. of the egg is too thick. Yes. So for you, then, how did that... That must have changed when your lung capacity increased. Yes. And thus, I got pregnant pretty fast. Okay. That's interesting. I was... human body is amazing. It It really is. God made us to be amazing, amazing amazing. people. I had... So, my brother had married, um, I guess, six years before I got married. Seven years, maybe. My sister wasn't married yet. She had had just met her husband. But I was the first to get pregnant. So, I think that it was pretty scary. Mm-hmm. My mom was terrified the morning of my cesarean. Mm-hmm. Um, is she local? Yes. So was she there with y'all? She was the there. Yeah. yeah, she was really scared. And I really wasn't. And I don't know why. I loved my doctor. I knew that my lung doctor was going to be there. They were at the same hospital. Um, I felt perfectly you fine felt safe mm-hmm. yeah but you know she was born and she actually didn't cry when she came out which Avery did that not scared me yeah Avery for sure not. yeah so I mean they were clapping her and clapping her and mm. clapping her um and I think it took a while because mm. I got the here's your baby and then Bye. out the door she went so. yeah but I did great I you know I went back to normal and my lungs were great same thing with Aiden same pregnancy no, I got pregnant with Aiden quicker, I guess, than I did with Avery. So Aiden is six now. Avery is nine. Aiden, my lung capacity went from about 70 to probably 60 during that pregnancy. He was not breech. So it was actually it was more uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, also we did a C-section with him. Mm-hmm. So 
And then when he came out, was he crying? Yes. Okay. He, he came out to the world. Uh, he, he yelling did. already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's so great. <laughs> Big personality. He, so he how does. has that been then? Okay, so as someone with significant, we all know we're all parents here, and parenting can be a challenging. lot. Challenging. What word are you going to use this today, <laughs> Debbie? What word? Challenge, you know, a blessing, but it's a time sucker in a physical God yeah, sanctification process. And so, um, you know, even for parents who are physically mm-hmm. Um, I would say what we would consider healthy. And so for you as a mom, you know, so explain to us a little bit the things that have surprised you or that you've been blessed by in parenting, but also the things as a mom who has CF, the struggles for you guys, and then also how you and Landon have done that together. Because I feel like your marriage, honestly, is kind of a blessing to watch because he has done, he's just been a sweet man. And, but you've been able to be an amazing mom, I think, because of what you guys do together. So, and your kids are amazing. I mean, just kind of explain that to us a little bit. Um, let me start with Avery. I feel like I was pretty normal with Avery the whole time until I got pregnant with Aiden. Then I got pretty uncomfortable and was like, hey, let's watch some dog stuff. So you feel like physically point. you didn't have a whole lot of limitations right. after you had Avery. Point. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was on that new drug, so I was great. Okay. I, I had IV medication sometimes. And with those, I will say this. Landon, when we married, he pretty much, I had, I know how to access my own Metaport and do all my IVs at home. I don't need home nurses and whatnot in and out. Well, I mean, Landon just picked it up really easy. He he can access my port. He do you have a port in right now? Yeah, oh. it's always there, right? It's permanent. Oh, it's always yeah. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, we can take it out, but mm-hmm. I mean, you just um, probably don't take it out much, though, right? No, or don't, I yeah. probably need to have it replaced. Oh, okay, I will. So when I'm on IV medication, yes, I don't feel great. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm on like a lot of oral antibiotics, I don't. So yes, I sleep more than most mamas and even more now. Things are really day to day now. Mm-hmm. The um How do you Avery, explain that to the kids okay. though? You know, Avery always the very first I mean, yes, she's sweet and she's wonderful and she's precious, but the one thing when people asked you know, at, at Sunshine School, you know, they ask you about you know, your qualities and whatnot. And she's just like the most empathetic little lady ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get, so when I say, when I'm on antibiotics, I get nauseous a lot. So a lot of times I can't keep down food. And, you know, Landon would be at work and I'm in the bathroom and Avery just comes up and she rubs my back um, and then she'd go get me a Sprite, you know, and she's two. Yeah. So she's just always kind of grown up with it. And that's how Aiden is too. He's more, um, he's more of a run in and sees mommy's over the potty and will run back and be like, Daddy! <laughs> Mom needs help! Yes. <laughs> He's sweet, just in a very different way. He'll arrange people yes. versus Avery will get in the middle of them. Much maybe. louder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, so since then, it's been harder and, you know, my lung capacity has gone way down since I had him. 
Yes. And you so, recently had an appointment with a doctor. I did. And how did that go? And tell the doctor, what was the appointment about? Well, what are we looking forward to? So, you know, I still see my pediatric pulmonologist. So I went over to, so Baylor um, up in Dallas has a transplant team. That's, and my brother actually had a transplant through them. And so does UT Southwestern. And I had just done a lot of research and Jake's doctor is whether he, he might already be retired, but pretty soon. Um, and the other, the other is a lady who I had just heard really great things about. And so I really went to meet them. So I would just be familiar with them if I get sick and needed in three weeks, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah. So it's like an introduction meeting Mm -hmm. for both parties to plan in case that you, it gets to the point where you need a a transplant. So I'll go see them every six months or so. Okay. And, um, and they'll evaluate you and be like, you're, you need to get on the list. Well, actually I have an appointment in about two weeks with the actual surgeon team yeah um just so i know them because my own capacity is so low yeah what do you have right now 30 30 okay i got up to 35 you actually you look amazing for 30 well thank you i mean you're you're holding off really well you've ever been 28 yeah so you're getting yeah but Okay, so after I had Aiden, I have always, since college, years and years, I had, um, like, pain injections. You know, you would get them in your elbow or your knee or whatnot. And I would have them in my chest and in my back so I could breathe deeper, basically, without any pain. Because mm. I always have had, like, a pleurisy type. When I, it, I just get in a lot of pain. So, because you're trying to gone, breathe through all that stuff in your lungs that's correct. clogging things up, so correct. that's where the pain comes from, yes. right? Okay. And I have a lot of scar tissue between my lung and my like in my chest cavity. Okay. So I had had injections for years and years and years and years, and they always helped. They always worked. Well, after Aiden was born, I had them. You know, I couldn't have them when I was pregnant, so I was like gung ho, ready for it. Two weeks, three weeks after Aiden was born. And the doctor hit my spinal cord. So I woke up and I couldn't feel from my waist down. So, and that was one of those things where this is like the 17th, 18th time I've ever had this. We've never really worried about that. The big worry was him puncturing my lung Mm -hmm. and having a pneumothorax. That was always our big worry. And he never did. He still, yeah. So, oh, sorry. The, so since, so at that point, you know, I was rushed over actually to Presbyterian Hospital. um, And I had never gone there before. So my doctors didn't have privileges privileges right mm-hmm. and so i was there for about eh, maybe 12 days 10 days i don't remember and then they transferred me over to baylor rehab here in frisco and i basically had to just completely learn to walk again and learn to use my this? legs again it's right after aiden was born so five and a, five and a half ish years ago, at home and you're having to do this. Yes. So I don't I don't really remember Aiden as a baby. 
honestly. And what happened was I was on way too much medicine. Um, I, I was on way too much opioids than anyone would ever even dream of. So are you on that for the pain? What are you on that for? Just for the pain? It was for the pain. I don't, I don't. Because you couldn't have the injections. Well, yes, but I had been, I had been on them since I was in high school. Yeah. And you know, if I needed it, I would take it. I didn't need it very much. Usually I had my injections. I needed it for about three or four days after that. And Mm -hmm. then I would be good for three months and I was great. And then I would start hurting more. So it was kind of off and on. I have never had issues with a addiction problem with that because honestly it, it makes me really nauseous yeah. so I would rather just suffer mm-hmm. and I have a, just a hard time having that but so I was on a lot of that like way too much and some other drugs so I don't really I don't remember Aiden when he was young but at that point actually when I was at Baylor rehab I needed antibiotics for my lungs because they were dipping down and I couldn't do it Mm. I couldn't do both because I was sick and needed to stay in the bed but I couldn't I had to get up and learn to walk yeah so it was one of those I gotta learn to walk first and then I'll do some medicine Mm. so it was it was a big deal yeah that's really hard Mm. so I have two questions for Mm -hmm. you one is insurance, medical expenses. I know she's rolling her head back. I asked this because the other day a friend of mine, she sent a note and she's recently diagnosed with cancer. And she said one of her, and I don't know the reality of this, of how much medicine is till legit it came through. Yeah. She was like, I get a 14 day prescription and it's $3,000. And I just was like, oh, my. So as you're talking, these are tons of medical expenses. You have. Well, the. And you've been in and out of the hospital a lot, too. Yes. Well, the drug that I had started was 28,000 a month for 28 day supply. And, you know, then some of my other just oral antibiotics, uh, like aerosols are 3,000, 5,000 a month. Right. I have been, I don't know how my mom handled it. I mean, I would just be mad all the time. They, so we have just been really, really blessed with good insurance. And I really had never had a lot of problems with the insurance company until now. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting bills from like 2018, 2017. And like, how am I supposed to go fight this? And it's just... It's just a pain, but you know, I'm so grateful to have it anyway, because we couldn't afford that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of those things where you would have to pick and choose what medicine and that's just bad. Yeah. So, and again, that's one reason I think that I stayed so healthy is that, you know, my parents did have real good insurance and so I was able to get the drugs that I needed. That's awesome. Well, then my second question is. What is your walk with the Lord like in the sense, like, do you ebb and flow from like, I'm angry, I'm happy, I'm Lord, what's happening here? I have, I'm going to be honest, I'm really not as angry as I think people would assume. I'm not. Because they would be angry if they were in your shoes? Is that what you well, mean? Yeah, but I since I've had it since I was so young, it wasn't something that like I knew life before. 
that's a good point. So I, and you know, and I grew up in a, a very strong Christian home and, you know, it, we relied on the Lord. And so I had that direction from my dad. I had that direction from my mom. And yes, I have had some days where I've gotten really pretty depressed and why, why more, why more? But, I, you know, you just got to pray that the Lord comes to get us quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we say that because Angela walked in and she said, I'm 40 today. I was, I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm 40. <laughs> They're like, I'm supposed to be well, in heaven already. Is that what you're already? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, but life expectancy right now is going to look it up. I think it's 44. You have four more years, girl. Well, it was 40, like five years ago. I was going to say, she was born, it was 16, so it keeps, though. It keeps so really, does up. it even matter? I know. And, it's just getting it's just ahead like, of you. Really? It's just moving ahead of you. <laughs> well, if you so. get a transplant, that probably adds yes. another, what, 10 years, 18 well, years? average is five. Okay. But, you know, my brother had his seven years ago, I think, and he's great. Y'all are breaking the mold, man. The first thing he said to me after was, I can't wait for you to have new lungs. And I was like, me too. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I, I can breathe. Don't know. Yeah, you don't know what it's like to right. actually but breathe. But that means like his body actually illness. received the lungs really well, too. Yes. Like, he didn't reject he d- he it. He hasn't worked. had any rejection. He hasn't had any issues, right. which is, again... I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's because lung transplants are one of the hardest ones to do, is my understanding, right? Transplant, yes, like, and we have to have a um, a double, basically, cadaver lung. Mm-hmm. We can't just get Explain a lung. Explain that to the blue kids. <laughs> so your and lung, the Christie. <laughs> well, your, yeah, lungs, your lungs have four lobes, two on the right, two on the left. You have a lower lobe and an upper lobe. And you can get, like... A lobe from your sister and have it put in. Say, I don't know. Like, like a piecemeal of lung together? I'm pretty sure you can do... Wow. Well, maybe it's just two um, lobes at a time. I don't know. Because my sister always wanted to donate us a lung, you know? Well, with cystic fibrosis, you have to have a cadaver lung, which means somebody have had to have died and you get... Because you need the full yes. lung. Yes. And mm-hmm. so you're basically waiting for somebody to have a head injury almost, so the lungs are still healthy. The reason why is because if I only got, say, one lobe or two lobes or even three lobes from my sister, which that wouldn't work, but... Um, Basically, my bad lung would give the rest of my lungs cystic fibrosis. So, because my brother isn't cured, his whole body has CF, but his lungs doesn't. So, he still has digestion issues. And I'm sure he still gets really tired. Mm -hmm. But not There's still some absorption issues and kind of all that kind of stuff. Right. So, that has to be... I mean, it's interesting. We talk about this in our family all the time as we're adding more and more licenses, the whole donor thing on the back of your license card. And we talk about that. And I'm like, you really want to do that. I mean, like, because they say they don't want to. No, mm -mm, they do. They say they want to when you explain. But you have to explain kind of what that is, you know. And, hey, that means if something happens to you and you have viable body parts, Mm -hmm. you can give it to someone else so that they can live. They can have a different life. But I've never talked to someone who is on the list of the person waiting to be the one you donate to. Mm-hmm. So how is that for you? Like, how do you? Um, well, I mean, it's like you're waiting for somebody to 
die in a terrible way. You know, yeah. that's just hard. Yeah. And then, you know, matching blood types and all sorts of stuff, you know, you have to have. And then it's not a list where it's just your number one, number two, number three. It's um, they basically give you a number that they have all this algorithm stuff on like, what is your lung capacity? What's your quality of life? What is your oxygen concentration? All these things. And they give you some number. And if you're within the range of numbers, then if a lung comes up, then you can get it. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is my brother was not in that range, but there was a lung that became available. And the boy who was in the range that should have gotten it was actually too far away from his hospital to get there <gasps> soon enough. Oh, no. So it came to my brother. Wow. So it was a very big wow. shock yes. that Friday morning. And because. So you're living in that area of heartbreak and life-giving at the same time. Heartbreak for yes. someone else who wasn't able that's yes. right to get right it. That's right now. And then, yes, yes like and that then, little boy, but then celebrating so that you're able to. And that's right. got to be a hard, I mean, that's just a life and on, I mean, that's got to be hard. I do have a very random question. Okay. Have they ever talked about animal lungs? Oh, no. Well, because they're using animal organs for other things. Yeah. So you wonder. They're, I don't think that's, that's working as very like well, they're though. growing ears on rats. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, they're like something like a pig. Pig yeah. heart. And somebody oh. somebody had a transplant. They got like a pig heart. But or he just heart. died, though. No, he did. Yeah. So, sorry if we want to be morbid on the podcast. No, that's just, I've just always <laughs> wondered. I don't think it's do. natural. I don't think that <laughs> yeah. we should. I am just mm-hmm. was wondering if, if that's a viable option. Well, because way back when... You know, when they cloned the lamb or the sheep or whatever it was mm-hmm. when, yes. when mm-hmm. I was young. Yep. You know, that was a big issue with stem cell research, research yes. and whatnot. And in a way, I'm like, hey, that's great because it can provide things that people Life. really need. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, are you playing God? You just kind of have to weigh it. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know. How I feel about that. Well, you don't have to deal with it. I don't think you, I mean. There's so many things it's hard to. I think the big thing that I have dealt with as a mom is not expecting to be there for my kids' lives. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like I'm mourning the time I'm going to miss because I don't know when that's going to be. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. And, you know, my, my daughter has known for years that I had CF and, you know, she told one of her sunshine teachers that I was in rehab. And I was like, did you tell her it was like <laughs> physical, rehab, like physical <laughs> therapy? <laughs> People are going to think I'm nuts. Um, they, well, so anyway, um, she has always been on top of it. She's understood it. We never hid it from her. And, you know, my son is more, he's just more a boy. Yes. And I think he understands it, but it's not a big emotional he thing. He's only six. Yeah. yeah. But I she mean, really does understand it. Yeah. And yeah. knows, like, because she was alive when my brother had his. Mm-hmm. So we kind of, oh, yeah. she, she just kind of went through it with us. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And she was young, but mm-hmm. yeah. They still get it. But that's really it. my main you know, and I worry about Landon, and I worry about, you know, I can't get life insurance. So, mm. you know, I feel like it's a huge, I don't want to say, 
well, yeah, burden to him to know that, oh, if Angela doesn't make it, you know, then. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have such, I, I've been so, so healthy way, that I I don't need to be afraid of that. But right. once, after I had Aiden, I went through all that stuff. I was sick. Mm-hmm. So, because I had lost a ton of weight and my lungs were really down and I was very depressed and sad and I just missed my baby's whole six months. And well, and you're also dealing with hormones after having oh, a baby. Yeah. So there's all that mm-hmm. mixture there. But just so you know, I don't think a lot of men have life insurance on their wives anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's not, I'll, they, I'll we forget to get insurance on the wives because they, <laughs> but that's a common thing. I remember our life insurance guy was like, yes, you need it on Christy. Well, my, my doctors had always said that Jake would probably have to have a transplant because remember back, um, <clears throat> he got sick earlier on. And so they had always said, you know, he, we're probably going to see him have a transplant, but you with all these new great drugs coming out, let's try to keep your lungs as long as possible. And I think that they have kind of thought, oh, I don't think she's going to need that unless she's you know, a lot older mm. and year after year goes by. And, you know, I kind of ebb and flow with my lung capacity right now, but, you know, I need to take the steps I need to take. And it's very difficult to make those steps. Like going to the doctor in two weeks, that's kind of, I don't know. It's like going to meet people who are going to take your lungs out and put new ones in. It's just kind of weird, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would agree with you. I that would know. seem very odd to be that like, you're going to be hard. taking my lungs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I went through seeing my brother do it. Mm-hmm. I went through. That's seeing... a blessing though, right? Like you got to see and learn. No, it's not. Oh, this is, I say in a way. Yes. And in a way, no, I saw what his wife went through. Oh yeah. You know, even like during the surgery and then I saw his healing process And, you know, he was just like, you got to get ready for battle. Mm -hmm. And he was so strong from his gymnastics career. This is kind of crazy. They didn't even have to break his ribs at all. They just lifted him up and stuck the new ones in and could take the (laughs) others out. Usually they have to break your ribs. (laughs) That sounds very, very hard. You know what? Just lift I'll, I'll him go. up and shove it in there, and there you're you good go. to go. But he healed a lot faster. But, man, when he came out, you know, and he's in ICU, you know, you're all blown up. Yes. Oh, yeah. You're oh. So, your body's gone through quite a bit of yes. trauma. So then let me ask you this. Um, just this conversation, I've so enjoyed listening to you because you're so calm as you talk. Totally. Okay. you t- And yeah. I've noticed that about you just over time in general. Anytime. Mm-hmm. You and Christy know each other better than I know you, but even the conversations we've had, I've just noticed how calmly you talk about everything. So can you just for a minute as we're wrapping up, just as people are listening, talk about that kind of peace or calmness that you've, that you have about you, because I think you fight for that a little bit, like to be able to have peace. I don't think it just Mm -hmm. comes naturally. So kind of explain like what, how have you fought for that? that joy and that peace in the middle of kind of the hard hardship. You know, this is probably, of course, the church answer, but I mean, it's being in your Bible. It's 
it's knowing the Lord. And, you know, I think that a lot of times, you know, even as mamas, I think that, you know, you get to the end of the day and you're like, I forgot to pray today or, oh, I didn't get to read my Bible this morning because the kids had X, Y, Z, you know, and it's one of those things where, um, I guess I think, and I will say this, I, I, I do love reading the Bible. I love, love studying. So you love to study. (laughs) Yes. Like Landon even said, that's my hobby. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, um, having a one-on-one relationship with the Lord, like it's, it's almost something you can't teach somebody. Cause I always have asked my mom, like, how did you instill that? Like, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. And I think it's just modeling. And cause you, know, you can have knowledge without yes, peace and joy. Very I know so. plenty of people that know yes. the scriptures well and still fight for yes, very much. So well, what only, you have, that only comes from the Holy spirit though. Right. Like a Holy spirit gives you that joy, right. peace, patience, kindness. That's nothing that you can do on your own. And he's going to give you, um, like I hate when people say, oh, God's going to give you only what you, what you can take. Well, no, he's not. He's going to give you what you can't take because he wants you to rely on him. Amen. Yes. You know? I love it. So That's I right. just are like, it's yes. going to make you stronger. Well, you know what? I don't want, I want to be weaker because what does the Bible say? The Lord's strength is seen through your weaknesses. So I think that's it. So as I'm listening mm -hmm. to you, that strikes the chord of you give up trying to do it on your own. Oh, you you give up trying to control your circumstances. You give up trying to. So you're saying that there's no plan A. There's always a plan B and a C and a D. But yeah. Yeah. So you've just given it to the Lord. And then yes. he takes that but study you not, love and yes. morphs it into something. But that is something, though, you don't do once. Right. Yeah, Daily. That makes you know, you have to give it to God constantly. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, God, why am I not learning? It's called your flesh is getting in the way, right? Right. So you're fighting your flesh every day, and some days you have good days, and some days. Well, and there's, I mean, and he says even pick up your cross daily. He doesn't, Mm -hmm. right? He doesn't say just pick up your cross one time. And I will say, seeing my parents in the Bible, Mm -hmm. you know, my dad has been BSF for years and years and years and years. And when I was young, like I remember him sitting in his chair with his Bible and his worksheet. And, you know, my mom reads her one-year Bible every year. And something that she does that's really cool is she writes her prayer request, um, like, at the end of the day, if that makes sense, on in the Bible. And then so the next year, she sees how God has answered that. And I love that. I and I need to do that. But sometimes, you know, you open something and you're just like, what am I grateful for? Uh-huh. So as we, because I know we need to close because we, this has been awesome. So this is Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? So I think that's kind of what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've given my life. So Jesus can fill it. I'm losing my life. Even if I gained perfect health, perfect this, right. if I didn't have my soul, right. what would that matter? Or but if Jesus didn't have my soul? I will say, I think people read that verse a lot and they say, I've given my life to Jesus. Like, I've accepted like the Lord as my Savior. Like, done, check the box. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And that's not 
what that means at all. I mean, it's more yeah, than that. I think it means that, but it also means exactly. It it's means more. more than that. I mean, but that's what every verse in the Bible is. I mean, but that's how you we can think. just we... go down a rabbit hole and then another one and then another one, and it's just exciting. That's true. <laughs> I love that. You can follow your rabbit trails all over you Scripture, can. and it's awesome. That's that's awesome. Okay, so any any nuggets, any anything you want to share with someone? Is there a listening story right now? If someone's listening and. Um, Maybe they're going through a struggle right now or know someone is. What what would you give them? What nugget would you hope they glean from your story? My nuggets would be. She's got more than one. I'm sorry. That's great. <laughs> we like a six-piece meal. The, you know, <laughs> the Bible says that um, his grace is sufficient for you. And. Mm. You know, I think a lot of people will hear my type of story or hear a story from somebody else and they're like, I could never go through that. But the reason why you can is because I know that his grace is sufficient for me, you know, and I know that he's going to give me enough to handle until the next day, the next hour, the next minute. Um. I think that's pretty much my number one. And then also to love the word. Um, I don't think people love the word like they need to Mm. nowadays. That's good. Well, you can't love what you don't know. That's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. quotes. That's Jen Wilkin. I say her. I say that a lot. You You cannot love what you do not know. If you don't spend time in your Bible, you're not going to know the Lord. And your truth is not your truth. Your truth is the Bible. Mm-hmm. Let's say that for another minute. You know. Would you have a button for me? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm just Let's go down okay. that rabbit hole. No, we have to no, do a whole other podcast for <laughs> that. We'll have you on for that one for sure. Yeah, because yes. that's that's another big truth God. for sure. That's for sure. Stop trusting yourself all the time to solve your problems. All right. Well, thank you so much. Christy, do you have anything left to say real fast no, before you wrap it up? I've cried. I've laughed. It was great. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for coming and sharing. Well, thank you for inviting me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we appreciate having you here. Mm-hmm. And we'll have you on again to see how you're doing. And um, I think it would be cool to have you and Landon on together. I'm just saying, as we as I'm listening to you, I think it would be cool to have the two yeah, of you on together. Absolutely. Like okay. we did with Chris and Shanda, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I think we, sh- we could do that. Okay. Because I think there's a lot of couples c- that can learn by how well you guys have moved together as a team. Mm. Um, in some really hard circumstances. Well, and you also, since I'm, I'm dealing with like more life and death issues, not you didn't do the dishes last night mm-hmm. type issues. But it puts that argument, puts you didn't do the dishes last night in perspective. Right. It's like <laughs> exactly sure. the time when I'm like, why yeah. didn't he do this? I get sick. And then I'm just kind of like, he stays up to do my IV so I can sleep. You yeah. know, and you're just yeah. kind of like, there's a yeah. You know, you There's count your a, blessings. Totally. For yep. sure. Yes. That's another one. Yes. We definitely, I, I would love to have the two of you on together. Okay. So, um, okay, everybody. Well, that's it from us today. Thank you for listening. Until next time, this is Noisy Narratives out. Bye. Watch what happens now.